Local voices, local conversations. NapaBroadcasting.com Thanks for joining us here at Napa Broadcasting. It's an interesting array of candidates we have running for city council. We have some that appear way too inexperienced, never having served in even minor roles in city government. On the other hand, we have a candidate with 12-plus years' experience at a time when new blood seems like a good idea. A little too hot, a little too cold, maybe we need the Goldilocks candidate, one who has some experience, but who also brings some youthful energy. That just might be Mary Luros. Mary served on the city council, completing the term of Alfredo Pedroza, and is now running for a full term in her own right, and it is my pleasure to welcome Mary Luros here to Napa Broadcasting. Mary, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. So I you, love that. Are you the Goldilocks candidate? Yeah, I love that. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that. I mean, it's it's interesting that there are some, we'll talk about them, obviously, but there are so many real issues that the city is facing today, both local issues, regional issues. There is a complexity to it. We need some experience, but we also need a new blood. And you do bring kind of a combination of the two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have just enough experience to know what works in the city and what does not work in the city. Um, having seen how the sausage is made, so to speak. Um, also, just having experience as a business owner, I think, is really important. Do you sense that the city is the same or different, that the council is the same or different than uh, it was when you were on the council finishing up Alfredo's term? I don't think the council feels the same, even though most of the members are the same. I think there's um kind of a lack of energy right now with the council. Um, and I know Jim, Jim Kreider is just filling in temporarily and, you know, he's not going to be doing anything exciting or new. Um, But there's just this feeling of we're just trying to get through every day instead of really truly being visionaries and coming up with solutions to our problems. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that and, and why that's important, why that energy is important. I mean, we saw a good example of that, I think, with the Board of Supervisors, where a lot of new blood came in there's still a bunch of experience. It's, it's really been an interesting and I think very successful mix. Yeah, I mean, the county has their own struggles, but yeah, having three new supervi- three young supervisors on all at one time um, has really brought a new energy and a new direction to the county. And I really ho- had hoped that the city would have the same. Um, you know, but we've have, we have people who've been doing it for a long time um, and they are not necessarily bringing in that vision that we need. Um, right now we have the general plan coming up um, now, basically, they're picking a committee now, and that committee is going to be basically figuring out what our community is going to look like for the next 20 years. And our new city council is going to approve that. Um, so there's a lot of visioning that needs to happen right now. Um, and we need people on the city council who have thought about this and have thought about what they want the future of Napa to look like. I mean, right now, the city council isn't able to provide basic services. Um, so <laughs> they're sort of Um, treading water instead of actually swimming to the shore. What do you think is the biggest failing of the city right now, the council right now? Right now, the biggest problem within the city is staffing. Um, It's kind of the the thing that no one talks about, but there's some really significant staffing issues. Um, We don't have enough people to fill all the positions. The police department's a good example of that. We have uh, 78, I think, no, 79 uh, positions that are budgeted for sworn officers. We have 71 filled, so we're, we're shy eight. Um, and in 2003 or 2005, we had 78 budgeted. So we've only gone up one in size, but we still can't even fill 
those positions. And that's, um, you know, that's a big problem because now we're not able to provide the services to residents and also the visitors who come through. Um, but we also have this problem in the city. Not, not only are we not staffing positions fully, but we don't have people coming up in the ranks. We don't have people who are um, learning at the bottom level and coming up to department heads. And we have a lot of department heads leaving. So How did we get into that position? It's a good question. I think it has a lot to do with affordability in Napa, um, how we pay our wages. I think we've had a city manager for the last several years who prioritized saving money. Um, When the recession happened, there were a lot of concessions that were made uh, with staffing, and we really never got back to those positions. So if you're a government worker, are you going to come to Napa, where it's really expensive to live, you can't afford to buy a house, um, and you don't make a lot of money, are you going to go over to Sonoma or Fairfield, where you can buy a lot more and you get paid more? Well, certainly the housing problem, is, as we've been talking about here a little bit, and it's a, maybe a good segue into talking about housing, this is a problem that, that is pervasive through so much of the Bay Area right now, not just Napa. The whole state. And in fact, Napa is in, in, in better shape, as tough as it may be here, than places in, in the South Bay and the peninsula. And that actually exacerbates the problem, because if you're in Marin, of course, you're going to want to come to Napa. It's cheaper. Right, right. So talk a little bit about housing. You know, it's one of those things, it's like the weather. Everybody talks about it, but I'm not sure anybody uh, can do anything about it. Well, we have a great opportunity to do something about it right now with the general plan that I mentioned earlier. Um, The general plan is an opportunity for us to really look at land use regulations as a way to create housing choices um, and reduce cost. Zoning can help us, you know, really take a look at what our what properties are out there, what's available in terms of infill, uh, rehabilitation of buildings and parcels, um, identifying city and county owned land that could be developed into housing, um, increased density, which is something everybody talks about, but no, we're not really doing. Um, but zoning is what allows us to increase density, and then also just expediting the process and really making it harder for NIMBYs to fight projects that are coming through. If we look at at um, our community together and say, this is where we want high density, this is where we want these certain projects, then NIMBYs can't go back and say, oh, I don't want this in my in my backyard because, no, we decided as a community that that's exactly where it's supposed to go. What do we need to be looking at in terms of densities? Where should we be looking? Well, I think the downtown core is a, a ripe place for higher density, mixed-use space, um, there's a lot of opportunities that we're <laughs> we're just sitting on. The Safeway, the old Safeway store, just breaks my heart because that's such a a perfect place for housing, for high density housing. Um, but there's a lot of, pro- of of parcels like that that are ripe. And what can the city do to help move that along? Zone. Yeah, they can zone for it. That's got to be part of the general plan. We need to be envisioning where we want these projects and making it easier for developers to come through and do it. People get so caught up with affordable housing in raising money for affordable housing for the government and putting in affordable housing projects. It is so expensive for the government to create housing. It costs over $600,000 for us to build one unit of housing. That's not a good use of money when a developer can come through and build it for 150000 a unit. Um, So to some extent, we really need to get out of the way and make it easier for developers to come in and tell them exactly where we want these projects, where we want the density. What has the city done right in terms of downtown? What do you think think of the things that the city's gotten right? 
well, the downtown specific plan is kind of the shining star. I think they, that was really an incredible project that brought in some really incredible projects and really changed the entire downtown. Um, I think they've done a really good job with um, revitalizing the downtown area. We're still struggling. We still have a lot of issues. Um, but that's really the tool that we use to bring people in. So it's been very effective. And with respect to hotels, there's a lot of back and forth. We need more. We need less. We should let the market decide. We should dictate certain things. We should put restrictions on on, on hotels that come in. Where do you stand on those issues? Yeah, I mean, I think until we balance the needs of our residents, we need to slow down on hotel development um, because we've we've just been saying okay to every project that comes along. Um, I think hotel developers need to find more effective ways to add housing stock to our housing stock for their workers. Um, But that burden can't fall on one project. We have to start balancing the real cost um, to our community of these hotels. Um, I think the city believes that these projects bring in so much money that it helps our quality of life. But the truth is the city isn't providing basic services right now, as I mentioned earlier, even with all that hotel money. Um, there's one reason why I do not support a moratorium on hotels, and I know that's been talked about, um, and that's the downtown post office building. I mean, I think that's the only way to save that building is to put a hotel there. Um, so I, I would welcome a hotel in that that area. But at the same time, I don't want a hotel where City Hall is. I don't know that that makes sense either. Um, and I don't necessarily want to see all of Oxbow District become hotels. Um, I think we need to start balancing what we're requiring of developers um, and really think about how many hotels do we want and have a number and figure out where they're going to be. And that's part of the zoning process. And yet we're talking about this measure to add another 1% to TOT as if it's going to be some kind of panacea for affordable no. housing. No. I mean, it, it helps, but it's a Band-Aid. It's not the solution. Um, yeah, we need more money. But as I said before, if government has money for housing, it's so much more expensive for us to do anything with it. Um, We do need funding because that's how we get matching grants uh, at the state and federal level. Um, And we're competing against counties that already have housing bonds, um, and they have a lot of funds for housing. So um, we are struggling with that. But again, it's not the solution. It's a Band-Aid. Talk a little bit about the City Hall project, and uh, I know it's something you've looked at closely and, and, and the talk about combining it with a hotel, not building the City Hall alone, building it even on the location that it's talked about right now. I don't think we have enough time to get through all of the issues. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what our time limit is here, but um, yeah, it's it's a crazy project, and I've been following it very closely and really trying to work with other um, members of the community and and local officials to slow down the project um, and really take a better look at it. You know, if we want to build a city hall, we want to consolidate, great, let's do that. We don't need to add all of the other stuff that we're adding. Um, And at some point, we have to put the brakes on this and say, okay, what are we really trying to accomplish here? Are we really trying to accomplish a new city hall? Or are we trying to build a restaurant and a hotel and a bar and all the other stuff? Um, I think it's gotten way out of control. Well, the argument, of course, was that all those other things were going to help pay for the city hall to take the burden off the, that's the not, tax Yeah, I mean, that's not how we pay for anything in the city government. I mean, if we when we built the Browns Valley Fire Station, we didn't say, oh, we're going to put a hotel over in the Oxbow District, and the TOT from that is going to pay for the fire. No. We borrowed the money. We take it out of the well, general fund. that's only fund. because a hotel over the fire station wouldn't have worked out. Well. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't mention that to them because they might have done it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just not how we fund anything. And to say that, I mean, it's 
it's really a frightening argument for them to be making because, one, they don't have a hotel in line, right? They don't have somebody who's willing to do this. They don't have a guarantee that the hotel is going to be built immediately. They don't have a guarantee that they're going to be even making TOT you know, enough to support the project um, quickly. So it's really a, an odd proposition to say that a hotel is going to pay for this project. It's not. We're going to sell property. We're going to borrow money. It's going to come out of the general fund, which also has, in addition to TOT, also has sales tax and property tax. Um, so it's coming from all of us. We're all paying for it. And of course, because we're not doing a moratorium, I mean, whether we like it or not, there are hotels that are still moving through the system right now, including the hotel down in Caneros mm-hmm. and uh, a few others. Many others. <laughs> right. Yeah, a lot. And then, you know, that begs the question, what are they basing their numbers on? You know, are they are they looking at the hotel numbers that we have now, the room rates that we have now? Or are they anticipating all of the hotels that are coming through the pipeline and how that might affect room rates? Um, we can't charge $800 a night forever in every hotel. It's just not realistic. Um, and there will come a point when we can't get those rates. When you're out there knocking on doors, talking to voters, what are you hearing? What are people telling you? Uh, People are pretty upset about the Civic Center. Um, Most people are upset about housing and affordability in general. I've I've spoken with many people who have said, I have to leave Napa because I can't afford to live here anymore, Um, which is really unfortunate. Um, A lot of people talk about traffic also, of course. Traffic has gotten horrendous. Um, and then I'm also hearing, depending on what neighborhood I'm in, I'm hearing about specific projects. So uh, just north of the Queen, that neighborhood, they're very concerned about the Heritage House project and the uh, housing project that's going in up there. Um, you know, a lot of I don't want that near me kind of statements, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate, um, but also just a lot of misinformation. What do you tell those people? What do you tell the dimbies out there? I tell them to get educated, to pay attention, to come to City Hall, to get involved. Um, you know, if, it's fine if you want to argue that it, that doesn't belong in your neighborhood, but you need to have a legitimate reason why. And you need to show up at meetings and you need to find out the information. Getting them out, getting them to do that's not so easy. They no, want, they want to hear an easy solution. <laughs> exactly, and that's you know that's really the most frightening thing about walking neighborhoods. I've walked a lot of neighborhoods. I've basically been watching walking since March, and there's so much apathy. There's so much people just saying, "Oh, what? We have a city council. They don't. They have no concept of of our government or how we function or how meetings work or anything like that." I mean, people don't even know that there's an election happening. And when people talk about housing. What, what are they saying? I mean, you know, a lot of people that, that are complaining about housing are people that are in houses that are worth so much more than, you know, when they moved here. Exactly. A lot of um, parent-child trans- uh, uh, transfers that, you know, get around the exclusion. Um, a lot of people who just have the f- good fortune of buying at the right time. Um, and, you know, if, you, if you're a senior on a fixed income and everything is going up, you're going to get squeezed out. You know, it's it's an unfortunate part of what our community is experiencing right now. And as we talked about before, it's not an unusual situation here in the Bay Area. No, it's not. I mean, it's it's not just the Bay Area. It's all over the state. California right. is really in a mess right now. It's we're just so popular. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
I mean, we, on we the have one, good weather. On the, we have good weather. I mean, on the one hand, it is a place that that people want to come to. That, that yeah. and that the economy is doing pretty well, and that is part of the problem. Yeah, I mean, Napa, as it is in Napa, yeah, it's a microcosm. Napa of that. is a beautiful community. We have great weather. We have you know beautiful vineyards, and we're surrounded by a lot of ag land that most of the Bay Area doesn't get to have. Um, we're a beautiful place to live. Um, we have a lovely community of people who are mostly respectful of each other. Um, I, w- I want to live here. I can understand why lots of other people would want to live here too. Um, but, you know, we can't let everybody come in. We can't expand our city. Um, our population's growing. So we got to go up. It's interesting when you say our population's growing, yet it's a certain part of the population. Yeah. Uh, the demographics continue to get older. There are less kids. I mean, we hear the stories all the time. And I've talked about it here a lot with NVUSD that the enrollment continues to decline. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, families like mine, with, you know, people with young kids, they can't afford to live here. Some of my best friends just moved recently to Chico because they can't afford to live here anymore. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the quality of life as you see it in Napa and whether you see it on the uptick at this point or not. It really depends on who you're asking. Um, you know, my quality of life is lovely. Um, my husband and I are both blessed to have good jobs and we own a business and, you know, we make a decent salary so we can afford to enjoy our community. But most people in our community can't enjoy our community the way that we do. Um, you know, you look around and we have either fast food or the French laundry. <laughs> There's not a lot of in between. Um, so if you want, you know, Quality of life means enjoying where you live. If you're a kid, it means having recreational opportunities, which we don't have a lot of in Napa that are affordable. I actually just spoke at a New Tech High School to a bunch of uh, juniors uh, in their civics class, and they wrote me letters. I have a couple stacks of letters from them, and one of the biggest issues for them is there's nothing for them to do that's affordable. Um, you know, Going to the movies is expensive. Going bowling is expensive, and we don't really have much beyond that for kids. Um, so quality of life, if you are young, is tough. Don't kids say that everywhere? There's I don't know. Do they? Do. I yeah. think they do, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Napa is more of a community, I think, for older people. It's more of a retirement community. It's somewhere you go um, to go wine tasting and play golf and eat fine food. Um, it's not necessarily a bustling metropolis. You know, you go down Main Street or First Street and – the shopping is not for people who make a, a modest salary. It's really expensive stuff that's obviously geared for tourists. But, of course, there's still the neighborhoods, and there's still uh, shopping centers, and there's still and, – and, of course, there's online because even the big box stores are suffering these days. Yeah, I mean, there's – you said there's, there's shopping centers. There's really less and less. There's really not a lot of places anymore to go. Um, you know, we still have the outlets, which are great. Um, but that's kind of it. Talk a little bit about what the city can do to, to maybe revitalize some of that, to give the city more energy, to address some of these problems that you heard about at New Tech. Yeah, I mean, the city can't control everything, um, but when government acts, it should be in a supportive manner. You know, they can't make a landlord charge less for rent, um, but the city can work on beautification and service projects that draw people in. Um, They can incentivize businesses to open and operate here, and they can help attract and support skilled employees. That's actually one of the biggest problems facing local businesses right now is just getting the skilled employees that they need. Um, A lot of businesses, including my own, can't find people to come work here. And the way that we change that is by supporting training and apprenticeship programs and putting money into attracting employees. Um, 
We also need to make sure the city is building enough housing to support our current and anticipated, you know, future workforce, um, because right now we just don't have it. Are there any projects that you see coming down the line that can begin to help in that regard? I mean, um, of course, I mean, there's, there's always Napa Pipe floating out there. In terms of housing, yeah, really specifically? Of housing. Yeah, I mean, Napa Pipe, ugh, we'll see what happens. I, you know, I, I wasn't too sure of it several years ago when I got kind of voted on the tail end of it. Um, I think everybody knew that it wasn't going to pencil out. Um, so it'll, we'll see what happens there. But we do need a lot of housing. Um, we don't have a really comprehensive plan for housing. Um, and I think the city and the county need to work better together to identify those projects and parcels that are ripe for development. We have the Gasser project, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, they're moving along. But if you ask them, I mean, <laughs> what they went through to get where they are, um, it's terrible. We're, we're not making it easy on developers to come into Napa and develop. And I think if we knew what we wanted, it would be easier for us to communicate that to developers to make it easy for them to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we are our own hindrance in that in that way because we're so hard to work with. And has that been the council's responsibility or has that been city management's responsibility? Well, city council's at the top, so it's everybody's responsibility. You know, I, I think the planning department has had a lot of issues, and this goes back to what we were talking earlier about right. staffing. Um, we've just never been able to really get that department staffed to the level that it needs to be. But even, you know, with people working in there, you talk to any local business that's had to go through the planning department. You go through the first time, you get a list of things you have to do. You show up the second time with all those things accomplished, and they have a new list. And then you come in the third time, and that guy doesn't work here anymore, and now it's a new list. And it just goes on and on and on. And something that should take a couple months takes a couple years. Um, you know, I, I don't want to blame our city manager because it's not really fair. He's not in office any. He's not there anymore. Um, I think it really starts at the top. I think the city council needs to prioritize what's important to them. And the way that government prioritizes is through funding. So we need to fund those positions. Um, and we need to really focus on staffing. And having a new city manager, having Steve Potter in, in there working with the council, do you see that as a step forward? I do. I really like Steve. Um, and I, from what I've heard, he's taking really good steps to get organized and figure out where all the problems are um, and really come up with a comprehensive plan to, of attack. Talk a little bit about that. You mentioned traffic before, and it's another one of those things that everybody complains about. And there's a limited amount of things, obviously, that can be done. We have a lot of cars coming in here, a lot of people coming in here to work here. And as we know, a lot of the traffic is not from tourism, but from from local traffic doing uh, local business. Yeah, it is. Um, But part of the problem is that our funding is based on our population, Excuse me. Our population is 80,000 in the city and 140,000 approximately in the county. Yeah. But we've got three and a half million people coming here a year. So um, you look at our infrastructure and the amount of people that we have commuting every day during our peak hours. And our infrastructure and our services just aren't built for that level of service. Um, I think flood control is a really good example of how we have previously brought attention to our community's uh, specific needs. Um, benefiting the private sector and our residents, I think we need to advocate for ourselves in Sacramento and Washington the same way we did with flood control um, for transportation, for traffic, because those dollars are so hard to get. 
um, and we're just really far behind where we should be. And Measure T money, though, will start becoming more and more available, so we hope that that will make a difference. I hope so. We're so far behind, though. It's it's hard to even imagine, and we don't have, again, the staffing in place to get these projects done in a timely manner. And, of course, we have no idea what's going to happen with Prop 6 and gas tax money. Yeah. Talk about that. Um, I mean... I don't know that it, I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, there are several propositions that I'm just sort of wondering what's going to happen. The other one that I'm really concerned about is the uh, Costa Hawkins repeal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what people are going to do. I think we're we're in a position right now where we're so far behind on our infrastructure as a state, um, traffic, housing, everything. We're just in crisis mode, and so people are looking for quick and easy solutions. Um, and I don't know that any of these are going to work. Well, I mean, part of that, and I mean, you raise a really interesting point, because it does go to problems, and we've touched on this a little bit, it does go to problems that are certainly indigenous to all of the Bay Area. Some of them are, are problems throughout the state of California. Some of them are, are because of decisions that have been made in Sacramento. And it's tough getting people in a local community that are dealing with their local traffic issues or their local housing issues to understand that this is not just a Napa-centric problem mm-hmm. and that no matter who they elect to the Napa City Council, it's not going to just be – they're not going to be able to wave a magic wand and solve these things. Right. I actually was just in uh, L.A. two weekends ago for a wedding and stuck in traffic constantly. You know, it's just bumper That's bumper. real traffic. That's real traffic. And I came not home like what and we I'm, face here. I'm walking neighborhoods and people are talking about traffic and I kind of have to laugh because it's nothing like it is in L.A., um, but it's also not getting better here. It's getting worse. You think it's getting worse? Traffic? Yes. I'll, I'll give you an anecdotal reason. When I was pregnant with my daughter four years ago, um, we lived in South Napa, and it took 15 to 20 minutes to get to Kaiser Vallejo. And I know this because we went constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very concerned about what would happen if I you know, went into labor unexpectedly. So we had it timed 15, maybe 20 minutes if there was traffic. Um, with my son a year ago, um, 30, 40, 50 minutes mm-hmm. to get to Kaiser Vallejo. And it wasn't just during peak hours. It was all the time. Um, American Canyon has just gotten insane. It's to the point where I avoid leaving Napa because it's so <laughs> bad. <laughs> well, but the American Canyon problem is, is a different problem, and it's not one that... It's not an American Canyon problem. It is right. our problem. It is a regional problem, and I think... We need to help American Canyon get the funding that they need to make some real solutions down there. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there are some real potential solutions? Yeah. I mean, I you know, people are coming up with some interesting ideas. I think when you have, what, half a dozen stoplights going through town, that doesn't work. Right. <laughs> I mean, come on. You don't have to be a traffic expert to know that that's not going to work. That's not going to solve our problems. People want to get through American Canyon. And I understand that American Canyon wants people to stay and spend their dollars and whatnot. Um, but there needs to be a way for people to also just get through American Canyon. Talk a little bit about what you see as some of the other issues, that, particularly as it relates even to things you would want to look at in a new general plan, some, some issues that you think would be important to anybody that was coming on the city council. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've Besides said, housing yeah, and traffic, I say, housing, the two biggies. Housing obviously is the biggest, um, but part of that is also homelessness. 
um, not necessarily a general plan subject, but we need to take a better, more comprehensive look at how we treat homelessness. And it was disturbing recently. One of the candidates basically said recently that that's a county problem. It's not something that we get to have any say in. And that's not true. Um, we split our funding with the county. Uh, it's not just a county problem, especially when you drive through the city of Napa and you see how many homeless people we have hanging out on the streets now. Um, it's getting to be a, a worse problem. Um, you know, other things that we, <laughs> another really big topic that we've got to come up with a plan, and I think the general plan is a good way to start. We've got to start talking more about economic development. It was something that was a bigger issue when I first got here a decade ago, um, and people were talking about it. We had an economic development corporation. We were talking about doing a business incubator. We had real community conversations about economic diversity and how we were going to bring in, um, you know, more economic development. And now that conversation's really quiet. You know, the chamber's not really doing much in the way of economic development. The city isn't doing anything with economic development. Right. Um it's very quiet, and that's concerning. That's something that we really need to be um, coming up with a more uh, more regional kind of solution for. But in many ways, these issues are related. That, yeah. that given the housing, the nature of the housing problem here, and the traffic problem, and and that Napa is not the most accessible place, it makes certain aspects of economic development so much more difficult. Definitely. I mean, and there's only so much that the city can do in that regard. Yeah, but the city's not doing anything right now for economic development, what really. Should, what do you think it should, what would you like to see it do? I mean, I'd What like would you encourage to happen if you were on the council? Um, that's funny. Um, if I was back on the council, I, I think one of the first things I'd like to see is us working closely with the chamber um, and with the economic development, and having an economic development committee again. Um, it's something that we need to be partnering, not just to bring in new businesses, but to um, you know revitalize old businesses, to support businesses that are current, um, because they're not even able to get skilled workers in right now. And we're not having that conversation, even at the city level. Talk about diversity on the council. It's something that's come up, I know, in some of these uh, forums and some yeah. of the conversations. Yeah, it's embarrassing, um, actually, the lack of diversity on our, our city council. Um, there are no Latinos. There are no young people. Um, it really doesn't reflect our city in any way. I'm in a, a local group, a nonprofit called Napa Moms, mm -hmm. and we have um, several hundred young women who are not always young, but you know, women who have young kids. And one of the things that I'm constantly told by that group is, we have no representation. You know, the city. Um, the city builds playgrounds. They do all these things that that impact kids and families, but there's no one who's speaking out on their on their behalf. Um, we just don't have that youthful presence within the city government. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's really concerning. And I just I feel like there are large portions of our population that are not being represented. As far as you're concerned, you have, as you've mentioned here, two young kids. You have a, an active business. Talk a little bit about why you want to be on the council. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I'm concerned. I, I, you know, I see the way um, our city is being handled right now, and what I don't see is direction. I don't see a lot of um, a vision. I don't see anybody who's saying, here's what we want our community to look like, and here's a plan for how we get there. And the general plan is a really good opportunity to do that, and I don't see anybody really getting excited about that and innovative and coming up with... Um, you know, a good vision for what our community should look like. 
Um, so that's why I'm running. I, I have a lot on my plate, but I also am very concerned about where we're headed. And I want to see people in office who are smart and know what they're doing. You know, like you said before, I'm kind of the, the Goldilocks. I have experience being on the city council. I know how it works. I know how it doesn't work. Um, I also have the skills as an attorney and a business owner to do the work and bring people together and challenge the status quo and get things done. Mary Loros, I thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com.